Um, I think you always help. Whoa, <laughs> my brain. Wine. <laughs> I think the thing you. I think the thing you also have to no. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> hey Sid. Hey Brian. What is your update this week? This one was hard to put down, but because I am in a sharing place more than I am in a keeping things to myself place, I'm gonna go ahead and share with our community. This is a safe place. We welcome you with open arms. (laughs) It's just you and me. So my update is learning to love my body, which, yes, which is great. It is really good, but it was interesting the way that that thought kind of came to me. So I changed my workout up again. And I again, deci- again, oh yes. my gosh. So I decided that instead of doing my 30 minute walk, which was great, I had recently read something about like how lifting weights like has like a sustained like impact on your, I don't know, calorie shredding. I don't know. It was like a quick skim. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm now changing everything based on this one line. This one line that I still am not fully sure if I read it right. So instead of doing my 30-minute walk, I decided to double up on my strength training each each day. So I still do four days, but, like, one day I'll do two different, like, um, what are those things called? Muscle groups. And then on the fourth day, I was like, I should probably throw some, like, endurance training back in because the other thing I was thinking about – this is so dumb – but you remember from our TV app how I was talking about the challenge. Oh. And one of the things that always brings down a challenger is lack of endurance training. And so I was like, you know what? Let me be ready for my if challenge. If the challenge helps you <laughs> for your longevity in your, you know, sprint. My workout life. Along the beach. I don't know. I've never seen the challenge. I'm assuming Sometimes they're running on the beach they, often. Yes, they do things where they're running on sand. So I was like, I should probably up my endurance game because I don't think I have as much of it as I used to. So... There was a workout that I was recently doing that required, like, more jumping around than I'm used to seeing myself do in a mirror. And more than I've done in a while. So I was very tuckered out. And I also saw my body moving in ways that I haven't seen it move in a bit. And so it really made me be like, wow, your body's moving differently than it usually does. Or at least than you've really recognized in a while. And I thought about it and I was like, okay, you can choose to go in two directions here. You can go to and choose to go the like crash diet. Let me like reevaluate the way I do everything. Like, let me, let me go back to the body that I used to have in college, which was not a healthy body. And like, it is very easy, I think, to go in that place being Mm -hmm. like, I don't like this. I don't like the way it feels. I know exactly how to fix this in a slightly unhealthy, dangerous way. Exactly. So like not encouraging any of those things, but it's just like, oh, let me like think about eating less calories or like running more or like adding seven workouts to my week when that's not sustainable. Exactly. And the first thought being, let me fix this. And that is such an uncomfortable and unhappy thing to think about Mm -hmm. is like thinking that I need to fix this where my body was capable of doing the work. I mean, it was there doing it and I finished the workout and I felt really good after, but just the physical, like being able to see it happen was just very uncomfortable. And so I really took a moment after I was done 
And I was like, okay, you have choices here. And I chose to go with your body is strong and your body is capable. And that's a thing that you've always wanted it to be able to be. And it used to be that, but in a totally different way, that was not a good place for you to be. And so to be in a place where I can look at my body and be like, you know what? I don't, I, I need to be more appreciative of all of the things that my body does for me every single day. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And it really, it actually allowed me the following week that I came back to my endurance workout, did another like jumping around type of situation. And I was like, love, love yourself, love yourself because you are worthy of love and give yourself time to understand that like your body changes. You are not unhealthy. You are not unworthy of looking at yourself in the mirror and saying like you look good like all of those things like ran through my head so and to break the habit of like you as a stick figure is attractive right exactly exactly like feeling like I look better in quotes or like hotter in quotes like all of those things that used to run through my brain in college when objectively I I remember you in those days and I'll say this Sid is much more beautiful. It was tough. Yeah. Yes. Thank you very much. Yes, I am. Yeah, Thank you, you are. <laughs> but it like it it was a jarring moment where I was like, okay, you've been here before. What did you do before? And did that help you? And like we talk about reflection all the time. And I think because this is such a learned behavior for me, that was a moment where I was where I actually could reflect. And instead of take a hard left turn into scary town, I could I could sit for a second and really remember what it feels like to feel the way that I felt in that moment and feel the way that I felt before when I had those moments and then say to myself, okay, if you're unhappy with something, then we can make healthy changes. But if you, if you're capable and you love this body and this body is healthy and happy and and loved by you and by others, then like no reason to make unhealthy choices here. And so I'm learning about like what that feels like and what that uncomfortableness feels like when our body changes in ways that we're maybe not prepared for, but how to adjust to those changes in a way that you're like, I still love this person. This person is still worthy of love, no matter what anybody has to say about it, including my negative self. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've continued to do my jumping around endurance workouts, no matter who else is in the gym with me. Feels good. I've also added like a nice restorative yoga once a week. Everyone should do that. And that like, and that's like, okay, you are giving your body what it's been craving for quite some time, which is like a little bit more action, like a little bit more jumping around because I do feel really challenged by that work. And I used to love it. And I stopped because of my knee issue. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I settled into the walking because I was like, I'm doing cardio, which it is. And And it did feel good. And I still do it sometimes. But to add in that extra layer and see my body doing what it's doing and still be okay with it feels like... But also acknowledging, like, what's the healthy version of, like, because before what you were doing that where you ended up hurting your knee was, like, pushing yourself to do something because you felt like you had to. Right, right. It's like, what am I doing to make myself feel good and know that it's making me stronger, making me healthier, that kind of thing. Exactly. And I think that evaluation piece of what you talked about, too, is really helpful. So knowing that that is part of the discussion and the, like, internally of, like, this is hard. Right. But this is going to make it better. Right. And I'm going to take on this challenge to do the hard work. And not avoid mirrors and not look at myself and be like, should you get bigger clothes or should you, 
you know, make any significant change. Like all of those things that run through your head when you're in a, when you're all of a sudden faced with this thing that you're not, you're not prepared for. Um, it was like a little bit jarring, but again, like to, to be able to look at yourself and be like, you love this body. This body does so much, even if it like moves more (laughs) than it used to move, but that, that shouldn't be considered a negative. That shouldn't be considered something to like drastically change your life about, unless that's a choice that you want to make in a healthy way. And I will fully acknowledge like Welcome to 30 almost. I was going to say that as well. Yeah. Because like. I'm, I'm about six months away. There's and... a strong three LBs that have, will not leave since I turned 30. I'm getting to that place. <laughs> I'm getting to that place. And it's like, again. Like, and I welcome them. Right. And like realizing like we all age. Like if we are, are I, I'm going to say blessed, but like, you know what I mean. Like if we are all in a, a place where we get to age and we get to continue to embrace the bodies that we have in whatever capability they have themselves, then like that should feel good. Mm-hmm. And so I keep trying to remind myself like that's the place I want to live in. That's the mentality I want to have. And sometimes it's hard to be in that place, but I have wonderful friends who continue to remind me of that too um and it just it was a good like full circle moment truly yeah like, that was a really long-winded <laughs> update but like very I feel like that's an important circle. discussion though especially knowing how hard it was for you in the past to like ground live in, myself a bit ground yourself in like this is the healthiest version of who I can be mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Instead exactly. of like, this is how I want to look. Right, right. And that distinction has has helped a lot. Yeah. So it's good stuff. What is your update? <laughs> Thanks, Bran. <laughs> what is your update today? Now that this is a verb, I have Marie Kondoed my mm. basement and kitchen. Nice. Which I, especially thinking about like spring cleaning time and like clearing up some stuff and transition stuff, um, it feels really good to clear out literal garbage (laughs) not just figurative garbage like things that i'm like why did i move this why does this exist in my home where did this come from this is a small question how did this get here um but then also like old stuff like things that i have had since college and i'm like again why do i have this where 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 was this in the back of my cabinets right um and really acknowledging, like, these things no longer bring me joy. Or, like, this piece of paper from 2013 really isn't necessary for me to have in in my life. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to recycle you. But I ended up also donating almost seven bags of things. I filled my entire wow. car. Like, I was actually like, I might need to take two trips to Goodwill. Wow. <laughs> um, and it was stuff that I either don't use anymore or need or things like glassware and things that I've just accumulated over the years that are no longer, like... Mm, necessary. You know, you use... You get into the hat. 30. You got one mug. You use one mug. <laughs> we did a hard clean out of our mugs at one point, and it was hard, but we did it, and I'm really happy we did. <laughs> yeah. So, because you're right. We use like two mugs. <laughs> I fully cleared out the clutter, and it was really fulfilling to do that because that's something that I actually really enjoy. And... The other part of this update and learning is that I'm also pretty nostalgic. So mm. as I was going through this stuff, like I do like to do, this is like pre-Marie Kondo, but I always used to be like, okay, this is something that's like meaningful for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to acknowledge that this was part of my memory and either like let go of it because there's stuff like from so many past things where it's like, why do I have you? But it's like, oh, it's nice to remember this. Right. But then 
picking one thing from a stack of things to that say have similar memories. This will be the keepsake, right? Um, and that helps cut back on the excess in a bit, and also still gives me something to add to the memory box mm-hmm. so that I can say this is a physical thing that I want to keep to pair with the memory. Yes. I think that's positive because, again, it's getting kind of the best of both worlds and allowing you to have your memory, but also, like, not, you know, ten times the memory. Yeah. I think that's fair. Or, like, hoarders where it's, like, holding on to something that's not healthy. (laughs) Yeah. Which happens. That happens. So I'm glad that you're not in that place. I think it's it's also because sometimes people are, like, they go overkill Mm. and they've gotten rid of everything and nothing brings them joy anymore. (laughs) Um, or they're like, like thank you for, what is it like thank you for bringing me joy like i'm letting go of you now uh-huh. and then they're like oh my gosh i might have gotten rid of things that are like important heirlooms like i wasn't so like that. having that distinction moment too of like this is something that i want to look back on in 50 years mm-hmm. and have this yep and know that my life gave me this at some point I think that's totally fair. Mine is my sorority senior year booklet that I still look at all the time because those are fun memories. Uh, yeah. Good times. That's sweet. Good times. Yours seem more like, you know, <laughs> family oriented and <laughs> like photos. Maybe a little bit more meaningful. I probably there's one box though of like CDs mm. that no longer have value. I don't have a CD player anymore. My car no longer plays CDs. Whoop, whoop. So, so I got to get rid of them. I can't get rid of my Michelle Branch. My God. You know Spotify exists, right? Yeah. How will we have physical? The CD at- case is actually broken too. So I'm like. But what if Spotify, something happens to Spotify and we have no more music because we've gotten rid of everything? Will there be a resurgence of like CDs and records? You're talking about a thing that's not going to happen. Okay. I'm overdoing it. <laughs> I see what you're saying. <laughs> but there is that piece of like records being something that's now like a hobby collecting yes. that piece of history. But CDs, I don't think add like They're not sound back. quality. Like record, you listen to a record and it's like, oh, this analog recording of this thing is super cool. Super cool. <laughs> Listening to a CD doesn't have the same. You can tell I'm not a, a record listener. <laughs> Could you? <laughs> I listen to Spotify, so <laughs> don't worry, it's not going anywhere. All right, just as long as you're right. I'm I'm thinking like post-apocalypticness here. I think, and I've gotten myself You'll... into a, a place. <laughs> You'll have to, you know, find music in your own way. Everything's going to be okay. I'll make my own. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay. What is inspiring you this week? So, the, uh, sometimes I'm like, why tough. did I pick this? <laughs> but it's important, so I'm going to share with everyone. Uh, this I already is, did, so this you is, have to too. <laughs> this is on their uh, TED Ideas newsletter that I get. Ooh, yes. Which I really enjoy. Five irrational thinking patterns that could be dragging you down and how to start challenging them. Hmm. Which I like to read these because I need reminders from time to time. We all do. And so one from that list that popped out to me was um, when you're in those negative times and you see yourself as the cause of a negative event, Hmm. which usually results in, it's my fault. Mm. statements quotes instead of challenging those thoughts to note 
other potential responsible parties or the truth of the situation. That like that needs to happen hmm. uh, so that you're not playing the blame game. I think huh. it's pretty common in like like say something goes wrong. Like that definitely was all my fault and everything about this is terrible. Like you go from – it's like an overgeneralization mm-hmm. about the actual situation that you've been put in. But sometimes it's like, okay, well, like we're all kind of guilty here. It's not all your fault. And knowing that like maybe something – like the catastrophizing of the situation. Is that a word? Good word. <laughs> I don't know, but I like it. <laughs> it's – like thinking about it as like, oh, woe is me. This is so terrible. The world is ending. Yeah. Not actually true. Also, you're probably thinking about it way too much mm-hmm. or thinking about something that no one else is thinking about anymore. Right. And just the acknowledgement of that, I think, is important. Absolutely. Because I think it's easier. I think it's also way easier to like put all of it on yourself versus share some of that with people. It's mm-hmm. it's really easy to be like, it's all my fault. I did this. I caused this. Woe is me. Instead of like challenging that feeling and saying like well maybe someone else does own part of this yeah or it's it's like maybe this happened because something wasn't communicated clearly right exactly And so like let's figure that out yeah instead of just like living in the space where like everything is your responsibility to fix do uphold Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. exactly i like that yeah i think that's a good lesson it's a good reminder it's a good reminder for sure for sure Maybe next week I'll have something positive and fun. That's not what this is about. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. It always is, but sometimes we got to get real. What's on your inspo docket? I also have added, well, the, the, your TED one isn't new, but I have added a new weekly to my email list, which mm. can you believe my email can k- take any more? <laughs> I don't it know how you have time. <laughs> it really can't. I delete so many things now. Um, so there's a company called Lessonly that feels kind of like a Skillshare type of situation. Okay. And I can't remember where I came across Lessonly. It might have been like on LinkedIn or something. So Max is their founder, and Max sends out a weekly email. And I really like these weekly emails. It's actually very Seth Godin-esque. Okay. So it's like written. It's sometimes short, sometimes long, but like very approachable. No no like fancy newsletteriness to it, but just just like kind of a straightforward, this is my thought for the week and I'm sharing it with you type of stuff. Seth Godin's is daily, but I, I like the weekly. In a recent one that he sent out, it was something he was calling the benefits of the square squad. And I was like, mm. huh. I, is, I like it. I like it. That's intriguing. So tell me more about that, Max. And he said it was inspired by Brené Brown's new book, which we know all about, Dare to Lead. I think that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and Max shares that finding a medium between not caring at all what people think and caring too much about what people think is a really tough spot to find. And so, you know, we have the narrative of like, don't care about anything, do what you do. And that can be very dangerous. But then we also go on the opposite end of like, you care way too much. And that's also can be very detrimental. Mm -hmm. So the suggestion is to cut out a one inch by one inch square and write the people's names on it, who you trust, who have your back and will be honest with you, even when it's really hard to be honest with you. Sydney Bell. You would be on mine as well. Exactly. Just people like that. 
And if someone gives to you... To get it started, you can add our names. <laughs> Please. Yes. We are happy to be those people for you. Um, so if someone gives you feedback or says something that makes you feel like some type of way, like you're like, ooh, that feels bad, or ooh, is that true? Like instead of, again, living on one of those two spectrums, the suggestion is to refer to your square group and share the comment with them or a few of them and see what they think or if they agree. I love this so much. I was really moved by it because I think that it is, again, like that in-between moment of you're, you can either like agree with someone who gives you feedback or like, yeah, I'm, I'm that way. Like, that's fine. But if you're truly on the fence about it or if it made you feel bad and you're like, I wonder if, if I am that way or I wonder if I did do that um, or if I operate however – I think that is really good feedback to have like a go-to group of people. And you'd think that you'd have that group off the top of your head. And I think some of us might, but again, to have them like on like almost a little calling card and one inch by one inch, I mean, you know what an inch looks like. That's small. small. So it's not like it's intentionally supposed to be like, this should not be a long list of people. It should not be a long list of people. And really like, really be honest with yourself about like who should be on that list. Because sometimes some of the people we talk to all the time aren't necessarily the appropriate people for that list. And that's okay. But again, understand like who you trust, who has your back and who will be honest with you even when it's hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really liked this suggestion because it allows us to hear something like digest it and then check in with the people who will be really honest with you. And then like, if they say, yeah, like I can kind of see their point based on what you're telling me, are you okay? Like they're also the people that will follow up with you to like Mm -hmm. check in if it's not something you necessarily wanted to hear or is difficult to hear. Like those are also the people that want to make sure that you're going to be okay after hearing it. Yeah. So that I thought was, it's an interesting way to go about it. Or like provide thoughtful recommendations on how to like navigate through that of like, this is good feedback here's a solution or like here's something to think about right it's not just like yeah you are that way yeah bye and you're like wait wait (laughs) how did that happen so fast it's like oh that's interesting let's have a discussion about it exactly and like those are the people that you want in your in your small square squad Mm -hmm. in your square squad super excited about that yes so i i like this newsletter a lot again we can we can share the link to it but this one in particular and it was weeks ago that it got sent and i it still really sticks with me and i did make my square squad and fortunately i haven't had to use it too much but i have had to use it and it is like it is really helpful to know like again just right in front of your face who those people are and and have thoughtfully gotten to that place too and again it doesn't have to be everybody in the square squad that you ask every single time it can be like dependent on the situation too who could maybe best respond to it that's smart to think about too yeah so you don't have to like make a text chain with your square squad in it (laughs) especially if they don't know each other that could be weird so imagine if you had like a messages group name square squad squad. you're like i know none of you maybe know each other but it's We're com- all here to discuss at. some things. <laughs> Which, hey, maybe your Group square therapy. squad is like they're all the same people and you're all each other's square squad. So then call Ooh. it square squad. There you go. That's fun. That might be fun too. So that's what I got today. I love it. Yeah. All right. So give it to me straight. What are we talking about today? This week, we're talking about something that can feel uncomfortable, but is becoming more and more common, I think, in our work environments. Mm-hmm. And that is career pathing, but not just career pathing career pathing within our work environment. (laughs) 
which feels self-explanatory, but I think it's, you can career path outside of your work environment, but there are so many opportunities within, hopefully. And if there are not, maybe you can be the catalyst to help create some of these. Um, but there are different ways to create paths for yourself within your work environment that might not have everything directly to do with your day-to-day job, but there are ways to enhance your skill set, find new people, lean on different people, all within the place that you might be working right now. And we Mm -hmm. are going to talk about how you find those opportunities and what you do with them. Yes, indeed. Soup's excited. All right, let's speak at Queens. Let's do that. (laughs) First things first, how are we seeking out career development opportunities? So again, you're thinking about yourself either sitting in your cube or at your desk or at your home office, and you are like, okay, I'm ready to like take on some more stuff. I'm ready to grow and learn. I've made this decision. I think sometimes we think that HR is going to be reaching out to offer these career development opportunities, but either your company doesn't have the bandwidth to do that, or it's just not on the radar, and that's why we really need to go find them or figure out ways to create them ourselves. Yeah, in my experience, HR never reached out on their own. Period. (laughs) And I feel like a lot of times you hear this on day one at your job, and then there's, like, not a lot of follow-through on it. So it kind of is, like, in past experience, yes, there were really great opportunities where this task of sharing career growth and the discussion of, like, on a quarterly basis, let's talk about your goals and your five-year plan and how can I help do that? And that's instilled in managers that I've worked with, which is awesome. Awesome. Um, and truly a good manager knows that having empowered employees equals a strong team. Absolutely. So knowing that environment exists and that HR is kind of like weaving that into the onboarding process for their managers, I think is really important. But sometimes you're working for a small company too, where it may not necessarily be something that's like remind you're reminded of on a daily basis. Right. Um, so knowing that it exists and kind of saying like, it's day one, I'm a little overwhelmed, but I'm going to star this and come back to it. Or mm-hmm. like, I'm going to put this on my calendar for a month from now to think about now that I've like gotten my feet wet a little bit. Absolutely. And have a better sense of like, okay, this is what my job is. Mm-hmm. And what are some things that might be, uh, a potential career growth thing that I could do. Right. Um, But I think as the employee, when your manager or HR is asking you for your goals or your future career aspirations, be open and honest about those things Mm -hmm. because they're the ones that are going to help get you there faster. For a really long time, I thought that I shouldn't share that. I was like, I can't say that I want to leave this company because they're going to fire me if they say that. Right, which is not realistically something that's legal, I don't think. No. (laughs) So if your goal is to be like a farmer one day, tell them that because that might like help them provide you some skills and knowledge to say like, okay, if this is their like ultimate career aspiration. How do we help them get there? Knowing that. And empowering an employee to do that because as in my former experience as a manager, I always like accepted the fact like this person's going to spread their wings and fly. Yeah. (laughs) And I want to be the one that they're like, when I worked with Brianna, she helped me get here. 
I think you're exactly right in talking about that. Not only are you helping the person that needs help as the manager, you know, like you're not helping you're you're in addition to helping them spread their wings and fly you want to think about especially if you're an established company or organization you want people to talk positively about their time there and not just about the work that they were doing but the environment itself and that that right exactly what you said lends itself so well to that conversation because they're like it was time for me to move on and I got nothing but support from my supervisor and I couldn't have asked for anything better than that and that's a huge compliment to the manager that's a huge compliment to the environment that you work in or the culture of the environment that you work in um, and that will never like steer you wrong unless the person like has their own set of issues. Yeah. And from an HR and manager perspective, ironically, by encouraging that sharing and the career pathing and the discussion about all of these things and goals and shaping the work that you do around those goals will actually probably make your employees stay a lot longer. For sure. For sure. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Surprise. Just just a thing we're thinking about. Super benefit. Yes. Think about that. Just just a thing we're spitfiring here. I think the thing you also have to think about when it comes to professional development is like, how do you make it part of your benefits or part of a raise that you're looking to get at the company that you're at? Um, I just think, you know, when you're seeking out development opportunities, again, not everybody has the budget for them. When we talk about like, how do you ask for something that you know doesn't necessarily exist, you're going to want to raise at some point. And so if a company can't give you that raise, I know that it's not always like a one-to-one on you're like, well, I wanted a raise and now I'm getting this. Like, does that equal out? That's a totally fair thing to think about. But if you want to stay with the company and you're not ready to spread your wings and fly, if a raise isn't going to happen, but they can send you to conferences or invest in online learning opportunities, like those are super, super valuable and take them up on them. Or, or, you know, when we talk about negotiating for a raise or for your salary, make those part of the conversation because those feel a lot more palatable sometimes than like a dollar goal that you that you either had in mind mm-hmm. or they had in mind. You're like, okay, in addition to that, because it doesn't feel like a whole lot right now, can we tack on a conference a year or can we tack on like a Skillshare, you know, year paid for or something like that where I can continue to learn on the job. Yeah, because when you have that conversation and they see the added value of what they can provide you, that also benefits them as an organization and levels up your skill set. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. This is a win-win, and I think that no one should let this go to waste. No. Um, and it commonly does. It does. People say, hey, we'll, if you give us a conference that fits within your industry realm – we can do this. Like, right. let's do this. And, and right. you pass it up. <laughs> and because I think we think if someone else doesn't bring it up ever again, then it's off the table. Mm-hmm. And that's where this seeking out piece is very important because we need to know how to advocate for ourselves and need to know like, hey, if it was on the table once, I'm never going to stop thinking about it. And so... I, I think sometimes we get really stuck thinking someone's and not thinking someone's going to hand us something, but thinking we're going to rock the boat by bringing it back up. And what is the worst that can happen if you bring it back up? Someone says, no, that's not an option right now. Well, that opens up another discussion point. Yeah. But it really gives you an opportunity to say, like, like you said, keeping track of those things from the very first day and saying, like, hey, I haven't done anything 
you know, educational in a little bit. Let me see if that offer is still on the table. And if it's not, how do I, how do I get it back on the table? Yeah. And they're giving that as a benefit to you and it's up to you to use it. Mm -hmm. So that's also the point here is like, do your research and know where it will be best used so that you can actually sit down with your manager and say, hey, I poked around on the internet and look at this cool thing that I found that I would really find value in. And like, I know from personal experience at a past company that I worked for, there were some things that were like a little on the edge of like, how is this beneficial? I don't know, but I'm really impressed by how you negotiated it or had the conversation to show how this provides value Mm -hmm. for you as an individual and the benefit and like up leveling of what it can give you as a person and make you a better employee for the company that you work for absolutely another thing is stretch assignments i think this one sometimes lives in the wheelhouse but we don't necessarily know how to access it think about the work that lives outside of what your metrics necessarily cover but you can see how they'd make you more a more effective employee either at that company or resume ad, um, do the work to flesh out the option and then present it to your boss and maybe a one-on-one and get their thoughts. Like, like you said, do all of the groundwork first. You, you want to be able to answer every question at every turn that you're able to. Sometimes it's not always applicable, but just saying, you know, I'm ready for a little bit more responsibility to show that you're capable of doing it, then again, adds another stone to that career path, because you've said, I'm capable of doing this. And that will come up at your evaluation, that will come up in other instances with other people in your office, potentially, or if nothing else, it's another it's another skill you've learned that you can add to your resume as part of the job that you're doing in, in the environment that you're in. Um, I think sometimes this looks like a team development opportunity or an organizational project that will help the office flow better, like things like that, that maybe you're like, that definitely lives outside of what I'm paid, in quotes, to do. But you see the benefit for either your your specific team or your office overall. And hopefully someone wouldn't say no to you being like, I'm going to do this extra work and get all my other work done. And I'm going to do it and it's going to help you. Hopefully someone doesn't turn that down. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's an important addition here to note, do your job well first yes. before you add stretch assignments to your plate because if Great you're point. if you're grasping at the low hanging fruit to say here are all the things that I'm providing to you and here's this work and they're like but what about that, <laughs> that task <thing. laughs> list that I gave you on Monday right focus on your actual job first and check those things off the list and make sure you're fulfilling all of those buckets so that you can add these extra things onto your plate to say here's where I can you know up my game. extra value. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think also pay attention to the things that you enjoy most about your job. Asking your manager how you might be able to work toward that or add projects to enhance those skills. I think this is really important because, as I mentioned, the top priority should always be getting your job done as like the base level of what you're responsible for. We should say that, that really all of this is dependent upon if you're already doing your job well. Yeah, you should really focus on (laughs) doing your job well. Um, But I think a lot of people realize like, oh, now that I've gotten good at this, like what are the things that I can start to add to my plate Mm -hmm. so that you can like maybe prime yourself or at least like 
I think the other distinction to make too is like, this is a space where I can figure out a direction I want to go in maybe. For sure. Because like sometimes you get into a job and you're like, I am a marketing professional. And then it's like, okay, what next? What does that mean? (laughs) Or like what industry or like how do I grow? What's the career path? Or like I've been, you're given like five options for Mm -hmm. where you could get promoted and so sometimes it's hard to know like oh i want to be a manager of other marketing professionals or i want to be the cmo one day like maybe some of those pathways are a little bit different or like maybe you need to learn about budgets Mm. in like the scope of the work that you want to do so figuring out side projects that might give you some of that awareness absolutely those are all those all will start to contribute to that overall goal but it has to start with with a goal it has to start with like a, a lane that you feel like you can be in and work toward yes for sure next expand your range fun <laughs> flashing lights boom 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 i really think joining committees can be a blessing or a freaking terrible curse we are not swearing on this episode <laughs> But, you know, like, joining committees can be – they can go really, like, one way or the other. Mm -hmm. I tend to feel like when you can see the benefit of the work you're doing on the committee or if it has a personal interest for you, the committee work that that you're doing, again, most likely an offshoot of – your, your full-time job. But again, if you have an interest, like for me, I work a lot with the diversity and inclusion committees on campus because that's a genuine interest of mine. So joining that committee was not like, oh, someone made me join this committee. It was a, hey, I'm, I think I can add value here. Can I join this committee? Mm-hmm. And so joining committees, partnering with other areas of the company, it'll give you maybe different leadership opportunities. Like co-chairing a committee doesn't look so bad on your resume. Again, I we should just like, we're setting the caveat as long as you're doing your job well these are your next steps um or ways to learn about like other skills you want to learn that other committee members might have it's Mm -hmm. another way to gain um like relationships on in like in in your organization at your company things like that but again thinking of the byproduct of joining these committees or partnering with other places it's not just like so you sit on the committee and and don't use your voice or use your input or your insight really think about like what you can add value to and what your interests are and and what committees are you choosing to join or start because of that i mean not off the table to start your own i wouldn't think yeah and a lot of times the committee request or like hey here's this opportunity here are the committees that are available for you to join only comes with seniority. Yeah. So at a certain point, it's like, oh, now you're a senior, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you now have the ability to join one of these eight committees. Mm-hmm. Pick which one suits your interests. And that's like, in and of itself, a major responsibility that you should not take lightly. For sure. And to say like, oh, I've, you know had enough tenure at this company and they respect me enough to say we're obviously giving you this promotion and now an opportunity to say like I'm an expert in this area because of all the work that I've done over the past three years etc now I can add that input to better 
the organization as a whole, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Well, and I think if you think about it like a board, that piece of advice comes really heavily into play. Like when you join a board, you're bringing your expertise to the table. When you're joining a committee, you should think of it the same way. Like what is your value add and, and how are you, how are you listening and learning for what the, the, the committee might need and really saying like, Hey, I can be an expert here. Like I can really throw some things on the table that people need to know, or you're representing a side of the organization that maybe other people don't see represented that often. If people in your office aren't really joiners to a certain degree, and you're ready to be one, think about the perspective you can bring from your department or from your division that people might not get to see it at other points in the organization because no one else has really taken the time to join committees like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then not only is your input valued, but your department and the work that you're doing every day for that day job is like leveled up as well. Cause it's a bit more visible and you might be a go-to person now, which I think is good. That's awesome. Work on your soft skills. <laughs> this is one that I think is super important and I'm so happy <laughs> people finally focus on soft skills because it's truly been the only thing I've been consistently good at I think my in my lifetime like the thing that I did in college well soft skills the thing I did in my first job soft skills like it's really nice to see them becoming more (laughs) more of what people want to see from employees Um, And it's something that a lot of employees lack or don't realize that they have them underlying, but don't know how to like kind of bring to the surface or that they're important to bring to the surface. And a lot of times if you're trying to like kick her up a notch in your job or want to become a manager or like running a team, Mm. these are the only way that you will get there. Right. And be successful and be a good manager. Right. You have to have all of these skills. Mm -hmm. So what are soft skills? I would say it's like your emotional intelligence, Mm -hmm. it's your interpersonal skills, and different things that help us connect better with the people around us. Self-awareness. Good one. Great one, actually. So finding different ways to work on your soft skills might might look like going like through review um, of how you offer or take feedback. So working with your boss... Um, or a colleague on taking and receiving feedback, that might be a good way to work on this. And and they, the person that will give you like, again, an honest representation of what's actually happening and not just like kind of say, yes, you're doing great, but mm-hmm. know that you're really not. And again, this doesn't necessarily have to be someone at work either. If it's someone that you trust outside of a work environment, hey, maybe it's part of your square squad. <laughs> yes the square squad um or like in in like how you reflect on your work you can also look maybe into 360 reviews which i think can be dangerous if you're not prepared to really hear what people think because they are sometimes anonymous Mm -hmm. um but either way i think that it's a good way to get honest feedback super honest feedback from the people around you but then it really pulls out okay these are the things I need to work on and let me let me get to getting. And I think that's really helpful too for someone who might be young in an organization too because you're in this mode of saying like I'm out of college. I I know where I want to be, but in order to get there, like I think when you're in school, you're provided all of this like lovely information about like what it looks like to work in an industry in a certain capacity and 
they don't necessarily tell you really well yeah. uh, that you have to work super hard to get to that point and that's not what you walk into day one like I remember my first job out of the gate I was like wait this is this is all I'm responsible for I could do so much more and then you start doing those things and you're like I don't even know how to do this right exactly you're like (laughs) wait a minute is this a trick (laughs) and so I think for a good reason some people come into their industry like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and like I'll conquer everything, but then don't necessarily have that like experience working in an office or understanding the the dynamic of what that environment actually Im- how that impacts you and the work that you do and how right. you interact with people. So to actually get that feedback in some capacity can help you get to where you want to go faster. Thousand percent, yes. I like all of it. Yeah. Additionally, I think that everyone should network within your organization or people uh whose jobs you aspire to have Mm. i cannot stress how valuable coffee meetings Mm -hmm. are to leading you to new opportunities new connections good people that you want in your life just bottom line yeah huge and taking people out for coffee that you work with isn't weird i think maybe sometimes we might think that like you know, we're trying to connect with people from the same industry, but in different places. Like, that's great and should happen. But you can also very much connect with the people that you do work with. And again, like you say, like, outside of your department, in leadership positions, in different places, like those are all going to be valuable connections for you. Yes, I like that one a lot. Which leads us to (laughs) finding someone you trust. I think A mentor or a work bestie, sometimes the same, sometimes not, can help form like those great lasting relationships that can like gas you up when you're like doing great and someone's like, yes, go for it. Get it. Yeah, you're the best. Mm." But they can also be like candid with you when you're working on projects and you need help. Like having that person to lean on. And I've been very, very what's fortunate Mm -hmm. (laughs) to have that person. I'm like, what's that word that I'm looking for? (laughs) Very fortunate to have people in, in the places that I've worked who have been this person. And it is true that they are, they are the person that's like, like really behind you, lifting you up when you're feeling like, am I sure about this? And pushing you with the support, but also saying like, Hey, let's talk about like how that went back there. Or let's talk about some things we can like work on. Um, I really think that they also add to your quality of life to a certain degree For in, sure. in your organization. Like they can be someone you connect with personally too, that you can feel like comfortable going to with other stuff in addition to the work stuff. But having that work bestie studies have shown really does help you value the work that you do and the place that you do it so much more. Mm-hmm. I, this relationship is vital. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important to have that motivation piece for each other. Um, and cause that's really the thing is like, it's not just like you relying on this person to be your cheerleader all the time. Like you're doing it one for the other and the vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, working through problems or seeing conflict and being like, Hey, I saw this. Did you see this? Mm-hmm. How do we address this? Right. Um, and then being able to just have a support system. Because sometimes it's not always your manager. Right. And so at least to have someone who's kind of like the person you can lean on makes a really big difference in your opportunity to see growth mm-hmm. and figure out, you know, 
how can we do you know support each other along the way exactly and you know this episode is obviously about how you career path within your organization this person might be the one that's like got you on the pulse of like hey this job just opened up over here I think you'd be really good at it do you Mm want to talk about it or something like that or vice versa for you for that person so they can be valuable both from the personal standpoint and like helping you navigate how to utilize all of the rest of the things that we've talked about and doing them maybe even together. Mm-hmm. Or they might be in a place in their career where they're like, I'm good where I am. I'm feeling really happy and, and positive about this, but I want to be able to help you because I know you have career goals that that I can see for you. So how can I help you mm-hmm. work that path or be that sounding board? Yeah. I've al- I always appreciate the ones that are like, there's an age difference mm-hmm. or like a skill difference. For sure or a department difference so that there's kind of something that like you always separates the work that you do but also like you can provide something of value to each other in a way that maybe your like own team doesn't necessarily have access to I think that's a great point. I do I do like the sense of difference and again continuously learning from each other based on or by default mm-hmm. of those differences. Let's talk about all our personal experiences quickly before we wrap up today. Um, I have been really fortunate to get a lot of different things kind of going while I've been, especially in my current role, um, between like student development, different committees, affinity groups. It's been a really, I think my, my biggest benefit that I've had is that I've gotten to know so many different people in so many different departments Mm -hmm. that I feel like have really enhanced the way that I do. I actually do my work here in my full-time job. So between like information sharing, um, mentorship opportunities, leadership opportunities, within all of those things like that all has really helped me see my job as so much more than just a job and as Mm -hmm. part of like the fabric of the organization and I think that helps me say I really I really like it here like I have really not fun days sometimes as we all do but there's there's always an exciting like something else that I maybe can focus my energy on when things aren't going the way that I'm always want them to go Um, and I have people to lean on and I have great committee work that I get to focus on too Um, I think there's also definitely a truth in raising your hand if you want to do something new especially if you're trying to get like creative with the opportunities and not just rely on what me might be like standard for your HR's like idea of what career development looks mm-hmm. like. So again, like having the opportunity to chair a committee or having an opportunity to plan a retreat for your team, like those things in my mind, like all count toward those opportunities and adding to your resume and gaining different skills and retaining those skills um, and making it known that like this is a thing that you can come to me for because not only do I like it but I see the value in it for the entire group as well so really thinking about what those things might look for look like for you Um, and to your point earlier sharing with your supervisor about what your career goals are or different things that you're excited to get involved in will only help you like those things are really important to share and again like not to the point where we're like I can't wait to leave here and and go off and do something totally different but thoughtfully sharing like what your career goals are and and I hope you know to a certain degree you know maybe where you stand with your supervisor too um and being aware of those things but 
I think if you make someone aware of those things, if something comes across their desk that they're excited to share with you, like they'll actually know to share it with you first instead of go to someone else that maybe either got to them first or they're like, I got to get this off my desk into someone else. But they know like, hey, I, I want that opportunity. I'm ready for that opportunity. And so they're coming right to you. And that always feels really good. So true. I, from my experience, I've had a lot of really interesting things come across my plate in this capacity. Um, And I think it's important to make the distinction between saying yes to everything Mm -hmm. that comes your way and actually taking on a project that makes sense for you and gives you a better idea of what may be the next fork in your road on Ooh. this career path journey. Check you out with your metaphors. I, know. I like it. <laughs> so a couple learnings that I think were really helpful for me is uh, I had the opportunity to test out managing a remote team member. I remember that. And I learned, it's interesting because I think there are certain experiences that I've had that I'm like, oh, now I could handle that. Mm-hmm. When before... It's like, oh, I didn't have the knowledge base to be able to do these things. But in this case, I really, I learned that it wasn't something for me. And I I really enjoyed the face-to-face time that I had with my team and working together and focused on the same goals versus Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to empower you from afar and here are the things that we're going to structure for you. Um, I think now because I've managed my own team, I have the skills to do that in a better capacity. Right. But I think... Had I not done that and also been like, hey, I'm realizing that this is not something that's fulfilling for me and I'm, I've, got, I've given what I can to the project and to the experience and to the person that I'm working with, um, but I know that if I continue this, my own like job responsibilities are going to suffer oh, or right, right, right. I won't be able to work toward this promotion that I've denoted as a very important thing for me in the next quarter Mm -hmm. having that acknowledgement too i think is really important to say like this was great Mm -hmm. i must step away i remember when you were going through that and i remember being so impressed with the way that you handled it when it didn't work out Mm -hmm. because you didn't like just up and quit and you didn't you you didn't push through it when you didn't need to but you were very honest about like the reasons that it wasn't working and that they were no one's fault it was just what was mm-hmm. and i think the like coming back to i wasn't able to focus on the work that i need to do to get to this goal and i just was really happy and like very kind of taken aback like oh my god she you really handled it so thoughtfully and in that moment, it, it could have gone like so many different directions and it was just really well done. Yeah. And in that next quarter, I got my promotion. See? <laughs> Focus. So know what you can commit to. Mm-hmm. And then if you commit to something and it isn't giving you what it needs to, don't be afraid to step away from something or say no or mm-hmm. reframe it mm-hmm. and being open and honest about the reasons behind that. Um, opting into committees is important, but also learning the value of addressing problems with a solution is required. Yes. Not just using it as a a place to complain Mm -hmm. or air the airing of grievances. The grievances (laughs) that you face on a day-to-day basis, but how do you actually make active progress on, hey, I'm here and I signed up for this because I thought that I could add value. Yeah. And so here's how I'm doing that. 
super helpful. And it helps you find your voice too. Mm-hmm. Being in and doing work like that, it helps you like be more sure of what you know and be sh- more sure of what you're about to say, even if it's in like a room with people that are above you or people that are on your level, but you've not had an opportunity to like share your knowledge in that way. It helps you like speak up. Yeah. Cause that can be scary and terrifying. And I think it's a good education opportunity to say, this is me figuring out how to use my voice Mm -hmm. in, in a space that falls within my skill set. Absolutely. Very important. Um, this is, I wrote this in all cap, caps letters. <laughs> Use any and all continuing ed budget immediately, right now, figure it out. You should have yelled that because I it's in all caps. <laughs> failed to do this and take advantage of it because I was stuck in a space where I was overwhelmed by all the possibilities of the conferences I had the opportunity to attend. It's <laughs> a good place to be. <laughs> And I was just like, there are so many programs that I'm interested in, or this training could have been valuable. And I left money on the table Mm. when I could have utilized it. You always talk about that. So I will say right now, do your research research and prioritize this because they are offering you free money to do a thing that makes you better. True. And if it's a benefit to you as an individual that also benefits you as an employee, that is like the ultimate (laughs) win-win. Yes. Why are we not taking advantage of those things? I don't know. It's because it's our responsibility to do it. So yes, fair. put it on your to-do list for tomorrow. Um, I think also when you feel like you're hitting a plateau, write out a list of what you love most about your job and what frustrates you. Are there opportunities internally to support projects or set up calls with other teammates in other departments that might give you a chance to educate yourself on inner workings of the company or figure out other areas that might lead to new opportunities or projects or potential internal career moves? Because I feel like there are so many lost opportunities where it's like, I didn't know that this whole department was like new and being developed and there were these, you know career moves that I could have made. Exactly. Those kind of things I think are really important to just say like, okay, who don't I know? And especially if you work at a very large company, there's so much opportunity. Like just because you're not an intern anymore doesn't mean that you shouldn't be having informational interviews all the time, every time. All the time. So make that part of your plan too. Absolutely. I really like this topic because I think sometimes we feel stuck and we feel like we, and we talked about this in the grit episode. Like mm-hmm. if if you are, oh, so this applies to people that love their job and to people that are looking to make a change. Mm-hmm. I think there are so many opportunities, but the core piece of this is exactly what you said. You need to be the person stepping up and taking initiative to make it happen because no one's looking out for you like you're looking out for you and you should prioritize looking out for yourself and gaining new skills and learning how to use the ones that you have in different ways. Mm -hmm. And that's what this episode is really meant to do is like, how do you firstly unearth that motivation to do those things? But then like, where do we go to make them happen? Um, And obviously like there are other ways of doing this in different sized places, different sized organizations, different like I guess, structures to a certain degree too. So if what we're talking about today didn't resonate with you because it didn't sound like your organization or your setup, we want to hear what it looks like for you and how you've navigated maybe a career path within 
the environment that you live in and, and what that looks like that's maybe different than what we talked about today. Because I think that's always super exciting to hear about all of those differences too. Totally agree. For show. Shall we break? Let's break. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening this week. You can follow us on Instagram at queen underscore speaking to continue the conversation. And you can find episode links and show notes at queenspeaking.com. See you next week. week.